Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Wrap, your weekly investment briefing from us here at Nordea. It's the week of the 15th of January, 2018. A number of things in store for you today. We'll delve into the recent rise in U.S. yields, have a look at what that is all about. We'll have a look at the ECB and digest the latest policy meeting minutes. And we'll also look at the German coalition breakthrough and what it means from an asset allocation perspective as well. Let's start in the U.S. bond markets and have a look at the spike in yields that we've seen over the past week. What has been going on? First and foremost, this is related to strong underlying economic growth. As we have been noting in recent months, the global economy is in the best shape that we've seen since the financial crisis. And the U.S. economy has been performing particularly well, as Trump has been at pains to stress, but also as the hard and soft data are telling us. Why does improving growth lead to upward pressure on yields? Well, better growth tends to lead to rising inflation expectations, and thus investors demand a higher return, i.e. a higher yield. In addition, government bonds are considered safe securities, which means they lose in relative appeal when things are going well, and investors prefer to take on more risk, as they do currently. Now, a last point mentioned in the media in connection with the Treasury sell-off has been that China is looking to slow or halt its purchases of U.S. government debt. While longer term this may become an issue, right now there is unlikely much connection. China's FX reserves have already been declining, meaning it already has less need to buy Treasuries, and at the same time, which stops any mass selling, is simply that where else would the money go? Yields in other large government bond markets are essentially zero. Well, most other ones also are too small to absorb the amount of capital we are talking about here. China, in other words, is not the major catalyst for this rise in yields. Finally, and most importantly, is this upward trend in yields likely to continue? In our view, yes, likely it will There are a number of reasons for investors to continue selling government debt. As noted, strong economic growth is set to continue. Investor risk appetite remains elevated, while central banks, even in the likes of Europe and Japan, are slowly but surely moving towards normalization, which would begin to take away a fair amount of dampening pressure still on yields. What does this mean from an asset allocation perspective? It means it would make sense to be underweight duration in U.S. fixed income. And as we have been advocating, it would also make sense to lean away from the more rate-sensitive areas of the equity market, such as telecoms, utilities, and consumer staples. Back in Europe, the attention has been on the European Central Bank, which came out last week with what was largely perceived as a hawkish set of minutes relating to its last policy meeting. So what did the ECB say? It essentially said that it would revisit various dimensions of monetary policy in the coming months, potentially laying the groundwork for another monetary policy change. The Council, for example, noted that a gap appears to be emerging between favourable economic conditions and a policy stance that remains in crisis configuration. What this means in plain English is that the governing council clearly likes what it sees in terms of the Eurozone's recent macroeconomic performance and hence increasingly feels it makes sense to dial back some stimulus. 
Does this mean the ECB is becoming restrictive and that monetary policy in Europe is set to be tightened? No, let's not go that far. There are a number of things keeping the ECB on the side of caution for the time being. For example, it will be watching closely what happens in Italy at the upcoming elections in March, where populists have been faring well in the polls. Yes, the ECB is nominally an apolitical institution, but it will not want to add to any potential volatility. Furthermore, there in Frankfurt at the ECB Towers, the institutional memory of the disastrous policy mistake of 2011 remains alive and well, whereby the Council, of course, raised rates prematurely, which arguably contributed to the mess the Eurozone found itself in. Draghi, in other words, wants to be very careful and prudent in his approach. So the ECB is moving slowly and gradually, but there is no doubt, as these minutes show, it wishes to now beat down a path towards normalization, at least over the medium to long term. This, in turn, also means that the path of least resistance for the euro, the single currency, and eurozone yields over this time frame is also to the upside. What does all of this mean in terms of equity market performance? Well, a stronger euro is not ideal, considering a lot of the major indices across Europe are dominated by large multinationals that derive a lot of their revenue from outside the eurozone. Indeed, the uncertainty related to the stronger currency is one of the reasons why we have become more cautious on European stocks recently, move them back down to neutral. Nevertheless, the eurozone economy is moving firmly into the profitable stage of the business cycle, meaning in terms of European equity exposure, the mid to small cap space is an interesting place to be, considering its tighter correlation to rising internal demand. Okay, finally, also giving the euro another boost, moving it up to a three-year high versus the dollar, is news that there has been a breakthrough in the coalition talks in Germany. So what has happened? Angela Merkel has stated that she has reached an agreement with the SPD, the centre-left party in Germany, to form what is known as another grand coalition, whereby the two largest political groupings, the centre-right and the centre-left, go into government together. And this is indeed welcome news, but a word of caution here. It is still not entirely sure this deal can be finalised, as it first has to be put to a vote at the SPD party meeting next Sunday. And there is a sense that many of these party members would like to go into opposition. Nevertheless, a deal does look more likely than not. But what are some of the investment implications of this? Why does German politics matter for financial markets? It matters because a strong Germany is needed for a strong EU and a strong Eurozone, which in turn is needed to ensure the stability of the single currency and also underpin business and investor confidence across the continent. So in this sense, it would be good for European risk appetite, but as noted earlier, would also tend to lead to a stronger currency, which in turn tends to be bad for European equity performance. And at the same time, there will be still some major question marks how ambitious any reform of the EU and the Eurozone will be. In some, then, these developments in Berlin are net positive, 
but not enough to change our views on European stocks for the time being. That's it from me. Have a fantastic week ahead. Please go to nodiaprivatebanking.com slash podcast disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast. Thank you.